Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I just finished having a truly magical conversation with someone, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. And I know that I always say that, but there are these certain interviews I get to do where it just feels so effortless, and it just feels like there's just this energy behind the person and what they're sharing. So today I got to interview Emily Thompson, and she is the co-founder and host of Being Boss, which is a podcast, um, and a community for creative entrepreneurs and the founder and CEO of the Almanac Supply Co., a retail brand that makes and curates products that help people connect with nature. And for over a decade, Emily has worked closely with creatives to help them make money doing work they love with a focus on building online business models and growing creative businesses. She also is the co-author of Being Boss, a book about taking control of your work and living life on your own terms. So... I almost feel like this just doesn't even need an intro because I just love this episode and I really want you guys to listen to it. But um, Emily has really elevated in both of her businesses in her professional career as an entrepreneur. She is very successful. She's got a really um, committed community behind her. And she's especially had a lot of, of success with her podcast and the ways in which she talked about allowing for all of that to happen and kind of her mindset behind, you know, how she sets a goal and intends for it and doesn't try to control or manipulate how it's going to unfold. It just was so much confirmation for me of things that I've really been feeling and leaning into lately. And I know that anytime I have a uh, guest on the podcast who kind of it's just a big permission slip for people to let go and for people to allow themselves to do what works for them, what feels good for them, to let go of the rigidness that we so often have behind not just our businesses, but our mindset practices and all that kind of stuff. I always get such a response. So this is absolutely one of those episodes. I'm really excited to be sharing it with you guys. Without further ado, here is my interview with Emily Thompson. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the Aligned Entrepreneur. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I can't wait to chat with you. Um, so I've I've given my audience a little bit of a rundown of who you are, but I uh, wanted to hear it from you, who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. 
You mean what don't I do? <laughs> what don't I do? That's actually probably a better question I should start asking because everybody's like, uh, just one, like just one answer. Right? How long is this episode? <laughs> as long as, as long as you've got. It's going to be a three-parter, everybody, yeah. and then we'll get on to the meat of it. No, the, uh, I am an entrepreneur, which means I do all kinds of things. And I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade, for an 12, 15 years at this point. I've done lots of things along the way. But at the moment, and what I see myself doing for the foreseeable future, because you know we all have these very windy journeys. We all do a lot of things. And then we make it to this point where we start like actually the nebulousness begins to come together to be the thing. So though I've done mm. lots of things, what I am doing now has some longevity. I'm enjoying doing it. I can see all the lessons I've learned along the way, but I currently run two companies. I run a online media company called Being Boss, where we produce podcasts and host a community and events of online business owners, very similar to Mm -hmm. all of the listeners here, as well as a online and offline retail company called Almanac Supply Co. that makes and curates products that help people live closely with nature and embrace seasonal living. So I really sort of straddle the fence very purposefully between online and offline at being boss. I'm in here doing all of the things. It's it's my business baby that I've been doing for over six years. Almanac is a business that I started about three and a half years ago as a way for me to bring into being a business that I had wanted to start for over a decade, as well as bring in the expertise that I needed to really make being boss as valuable as I wanted it to be. And it allows me to really dive into my local community in a way that that being boss allows me to dive into a global community. So and at Almanac, I really am the CEO. I make all the big decisions. I have I have a team in both businesses, but at Almanac, I'm much more hands-off. Um, I'm able to really just go in, do the pieces that I want to do, and my team facilitates everything else. Whereas at Being Boss, um, I enjoy being much more in that business. So because of that dynamic, I'm able to do both at the same time. Mm, amazing. So one is basically an online business for other business owners, and one is more of like a tangible you know, product-based business. Is that correct? I was looking at both of them online earlier. Yes, for sure. It's, and it, it, again, very purposeful. At Being Boss, I speak to, um, I speak to service and product businesses, both makers and retail folks. And so much of my history, I do have some background in brick and mortar, but so much of my background is in service space that I really saw this as an opportunity to be able to straddle that fence and be able to speak from a place of expertise in both online service-based as well as offline and online product base. Um, so right. it's all about sort of curating myself, I guess, as an entrepreneur as well. Do you feel like in the online space, because I have all these, I'm sure like the people listening, entrepreneurs is like, being an entrepreneur is like, I just have so many ideas and I want to bring them all to light, you know? <laughs> we're um, idea people for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And we're creatives. Um, do you feel like with your online business, there was a component of almost like tangibility that you were 
looking for because sometimes I'm like, I love my online business so much and I kind of want to go and like restore old furniture. (laughs) I wish you could see how hard I'm nodding my head yes (laughs) right now because yes, that's exactly what I was. I was very hungry for. Again, I had been in product business in the past. I remembered just what it felt like to for someone to give me money and me to give them a thing and that be it. <laughs> like and right. transaction complete. So <laughs> I I very much so missed that and I didn't even realize though how much I missed it until I was back in it and I was like, "Oh yeah. This is, you know, quote unquote easy. Like I can just I have this candle or this crystal which is <laughs> are the two main products at Almanac and you're going to give me cash <laughs> and I'm going to hand you this crystal and then we're done. We can walk away. Like our relationship is over more or less. And though I definitely put a lot more into those relationships than just that, that can be the end of it. And I, I didn't realize how much I missed that. I had an inkling, like there were many reasons why I went in that direction, but I did not realize how deeply I needed that easy transaction as I did, um, whenever we finally got into it and it started happening. So yes, very much so. Yes. I just love that because it really I I often think about like, you know, once this business is really where I want it to be and it, and it really is getting there. It's like, what else could mm-hmm. I do because the tangibility that you're talking about and the creativity in that and the satisfaction in it, like just looking at your page like for um Almanac, I was like, "Oh, yes." Like <laughs> this just appeals to me and like the creative side of me so, so much. Um, so I have so many things that I want to ask you about, and I love that you have this experience on both sides, because I think often on this podcast, I know I do have some brick and mortar listeners that, you know, oftentimes it's more about coaches and course creators, people with online, um, businesses, but I want to first hear how you got started is, were you always an entrepreneur? Do you have a former life doing something else? (laughs) I mean, all of it. <laughs> How long do we have? No, what's funny is I literally remember selling rocks that I painted when I was a kid. <laughs> me <laughs> like, too. Oh my God. Going around to the neighbors, trying to talk them into giving me a couple of bucks for these rocks that I got out of the park or out of the driveway and painted. And, you know, they were my product that I was selling. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. I actually had the opportunity to run, to purchase and run my first business whenever I was a teenager in college. I was 18 or 19 years old. Um, An opportunity fell into my lap that my parents were crazy enough to just like give me their, their, you know, blessing to do. Um, and so I actually ran a tanning salon for a couple of years before you could have Facebook pages for businesses. Like this was before online marketing was even a, a term people used. So I um I started running a business while I was in college and then I sold that business a couple years later whenever I moved colleges I um dove into online business at that point that was the very early days of Etsy so of course I had an Etsy shop back in the day that I Me ran too. for a couple oh of God. years so much fun I miss the chat rooms on Etsy so mm. much from back in the day they shut those down I think pretty quick um but <laughs> really great community connected with a whole lot of people. And that was really my entrance into, I think, what it is that I do now. I was creating my online shop. I was really focusing on photography. I was really focusing on, you know, great design of my banner and those sorts of things. And I had friends of mine that I was meeting in those chat rooms 
in that creative community coming to me asking for me to help them with their shop. And so one thing leads to another. And I ended up founding a web design studio that I ran for about eight years. And um, and so I focused on um, on that service-based online delivery business mm. and loved it a ton. And I thought I was just going to design websites, but I really ended up coaching businesses. I was I was getting these clients coming to me wanting, uh, wanting a website, but you know, they didn't have a business model and <laughs> I can't make a website for a business that doesn't right. even exist yet. You haven't even thought about it yet. So I found myself doing a lot of coaching. And so, whereas I thought I was being a web designer, I was really becoming entrenched in online business models. And it took me a couple of years to realize that that were that was what was happening and that I was becoming an expert at online business. And that turned into the Being Boss podcast um, because I was having these conversations with a business bestie of mine as to what it was like to own and run creative agencies in the online space. In a time when there weren't podcasts, there weren't really blogs talking about this stuff. Like this was this was years and years ago, six, eight, 10 years ago, we were having these conversations. And then six and a half years ago, we started the Being Boss podcast. Um, a couple of years later, I started Almanac. And so very windy road, but all those pieces just sort of start building up to be a full picture in this like full breadth of expertise that I feel. And like, I'm still pretty young. I started this all very young, um, really sort of leads me to a place where I sort of have all the tools in my tool belt only really now, or at least over the past couple of years to really show up and do all the things that I want to do. I love that because I've often talked to, I hear from people a lot, like, I just feel like I'm scattered and, you know, I have so many different experiences and different fields and so many different interests and I'm all over the place. And, and I'm like, just allow for like the unfolding because it's all preparing you for something. And that was certainly my experience, not necessarily through business though. I was like you, I used to like, um, sell, you know, 25 cent bracelets that my friend and I had made and sell lemonade and stuff like that at the end of, Love the, it. <laughs> at the, end of the driveway. But yeah, it's like once I had clarity around what it was that I really wanted to do, I could see how everything had been leading me there. And I think that that's the case, you know, for everyone, if we can just kind of honor that. So I love the story of like, really almost how you were completely guided into the the Being Boss um, brand. And I really want to talk about that, actually, because I'd love to know from you, what does it mean to be a boss? <laughs> oh, Being Boss means so many things. Yeah. Our brand of Being Boss, though, it's our our dream customer, our like customer avatar, whatever you want to call them, they're creative business owners. So we're talking specifically to creatives, many of which who either have left their jobs willfully, willfully or unwillfully, um, or have simply like decided to prioritize the creative path and do it as a business owner and entrepreneur. And so it's through that lens that we define being boss. And it's a lot of things. Being boss, it starts with mindset. It starts yeah. with being boss of yourself. One of the things we often say is, being boss is owning who you are, knowing what you want, and actually making it happen. So there's a level of self-awareness um, in terms of owning who you are. You can't own who you are if you don't know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah. There is this um, sense of knowing what you want. 
And that takes a lot of unpacking. Like how many of us really struggle with wanting things or with Mm -hmm. defining what it is that we want. Um, But then it's also sort of finishing the loop of actually making it happen. It's showing up for for yourself and for your desires, the the things that you want to do, and it's doing the work to actually bring your goals and visions um, to fruition. At Being Boss, we do that through business, um, but that obviously applies to literally anyone and everyone, but that for us is the core of what it means to be boss. Well, I especially love the name because a lot of the a lot of what I talk about on this podcast and within my business and with with my clients is the concept of being. And for me, being is like an energy. It's like a self-identity. It's being that success, which encompasses taking the action, knowing, you know, d- deciding what your vision is and deciding to go after it and, and make it happen. But it's really like something to discover and develop and step into within yourself. Um, so I just loved that name because it like the whole being right thing and I and, yeah. and it's also a constant evolution right yes. another one of the things that we say or like one of those tenets of being boss is that you are a lifelong learner you are consistently uncovering who you are and what it is that you want and how it is that you're going to make it happen um and yeah. so yes I completely agree with all of that and being is like it's both this like non-active stillness but it's also mm. paired with very active activity, right? I like know there's exactly this doing that's required to be as well. Right. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. The the non-active stillness, but then allowing for like the the actions that come from that place of empowerment and embodiment. Um yeah, I I love it all. So you run these two businesses and actually maybe I could I'd love to hear a little bit more like so you have clients obviously with, um, being boss and you've got the being boss podcast. Is it, are you launching courses, programs, just kind of painting a picture for our audience? Sure. So the, the business model basically is we have a podcast. We also work with sponsors. So we have lots of, um, of brand relationships that we work with through the podcast as well. Um, so we have the podcast. That's really the meat of it. That's what, that's what being boss began as. That's the thing that we are most known for is the podcast. We also have a very amazing online community of creative business owners. And then we also do events and we have, you can call it a course. It's a kit. It's um, it's called CEO Day Kit. And it is a set of tools that you can use every year. I personally use it twice a year to really be the CEO of your business. It's that big picture planning day. You sit down with, um, with these, these tools in this toolkit and you become the boss of your business. I use it all the time. We have hundreds of bosses, thousands of bosses, legit thousands of bosses who have um, who have gone through CEO Day Kit and who use it. And so we keep it pretty simple. Podcast, mm. CEO Day Kit, events one day. I miss all of my bosses so much. Um, <laughs> and our online community. I love the simplicity in that. Um, and I'd actually love to know because I obviously – you know, I'm a podcaster myself. I've actually got a couple of podcasts and I've, um, many people listening are either podcasters or they, they, you know, have some way in which they put their content, content out online. What was sort of the evolution of your podcast? How is it that you got it to the point that it's at now with sponsors and the audience that you have? Um, was it something that you did strategically or was it something that more just unfolded? 
It totally unfolded, which I know is not what anyone ever wants to hear. <laughs> but no, I love it. It's exactly what I want to hear, actually. <laughs> good, good, good. So it totally did unfold. We started the podcast six and a half years ago at the time when really the only podcast anyone was listening to was Serial and Invisibilia. Remember those days when that's all anyone could talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it was during that time that I had, I call it my big magic moment. If anyone has read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, it was my mm-hmm. big magic moment. The muse, you know, flew by me and dropped in my ear, you need to start a podcast. I need you with your best friend or your business bestie, Kathleen. And you need to share the conversations that you are currently sharing. You need to do it ASAP. And so I sent her an email like within a day or two. And the subject line was um, something like, I have an idea that's going to change our lives or something. Like it was was just small like that. No pressure. Um, And I pitched her this idea. We had a phone call about it. She said yes within a month. And this was December of 2014 that this was happening. On the first Tuesday of January 2015, we launched the Being Boss podcast. We just sent it out to our email list. And neither of them were massive. They were both less than probably 10,000 people. Mine, probably less than five. Hers, probably about seven or eight at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and But people that we had been sending emails to for years, we had both been blogging for years. We'd been showing up to this audience. We were just showing up to this audience now in a new, in a new format. And so that's all we did is we sent it out to our newsletter list. And it started growing and more people started listening and people started sh- shouting us out on social media. And within... Within six months, brands were coming to us, asking us if we were taking sponsors. And Being Boss was not a business at that point. We had started the podcast to be a marketing avenue for our individual businesses. She ran a branding agency. I was running my web design agency. So we didn't even have a bank account. <laughs> we didn't. Right. like It was not an official business. And And then from there, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And um, it's been an amazing ride. We've since we got a book deal in 20, Mm. let's see, what year was that? 2016 for the book that came out in 2018. We've done numerous events. We've had speaking gigs. We've traveled all over. We've done amazing things. We've talked to amazing people. I've talked to Melissa Urban, who's founder of The Whole30. Brene Brown was in our first 50 episodes. Um, It was just a really magical time for us to get in on podcasting. And at the time, we were some of the only women talking business in Apple Podcasts. And we were definitely the only female pair that was talking business in Apple Podcasts. So we just, it was it was magic. It was a little bit of magic where everything just sort of came together. Um, we had we had a relationship, so we had a really engaging rapport, apparently, um, and it just it took off. Mm. I love that, and and so much of what we talk about on here is like allowing for those divine what I, I call them in, divine downloads or inspired actions to come through, and when they do, it is just this sort of like effortlessness. It's not that you don't take action or work hard at it, but it's like it kind of just takes on this life of its own. For sure. We talk about this. We've talked about this recently in the Being Boss community. Someone was asking about like, you know, I have so many ideas. We just talked about being idea people, right? Like, how do I know which ones to follow all of these things? And I was like, you know, capture all of them. 
capture every idea. Some of them are going to be gems. You're going to figure it out. It's going to be fine. But for me, those moments, those divine downloads, I call them my big magic moments. Yeah. They taste different, right? Like they have a completely different flavor. And not only that, but they usually come to me fully formed. So it's not like a piece of an idea. It's not like, you know, a regurgitation of an idea that I had a couple months ago. It's just like fleshed out a little bit more. I know every step I need to take to get there. I know weird details that like I would normally have to work out. For me, those ideas just come to me significantly more fully formed and I can feel it in my gut that this is one of the good ones. Mm. So... How do you describe to people then, because I almost have sort of like a process that I implement myself that, you know, with the intention of almost allowing for those inspired ideas. And some of them are big ones that really have had things just totally take off for me. And some of them are like, you know, little nudges that a really important lesson comes through or, you know, whatever. But is that something that you kind of coach people through in terms of creating and being open to themselves within their businesses? I feel like that's an uncoachable moment (laughs) personally and mostly in that I think these moments show up differently for everyone. So I Mm -hmm. think if I were to like take my process and try to teach someone to listen for these moments, they're going to miss it. They're going to miss it for themselves because they, it probably doesn't come to them in that way. I know what works for me and I share that with people. Like for me, I need a lot of space, a whole, like I need to give Mm -hmm. myself a ridiculous amount of space. And it's something that I prioritize as much as I can in, you know, running two businesses and having a kid yeah. and a family and all these things. But but I know it works for me. I need a lot of space. I need to be gathering inspiration. I need to prioritize travel and adventure and those sorts of things to like to get my brain in that good space to like tell the muse that I'm showing up. Right. Um, but that's my process. And right. I know some people who who can almost like on demand get those downloads, right? Like I have right. friends of mine who are creatives who they have their creative rituals. They'll wake up on a day that they're painting, they will perform their rituals, and then there it is, their big magic <laughs> moment or whatever it may be. So yeah. So I don't really coach. What I do is I share my experience. I share the experiences that I've heard other bosses share with me um, and then encourage people to find how it is that those moments come for them. And usually once you start explaining this to someone, they start picking up on those moments because they've had them. They remember that time they were, you know, taking a shower and then they, you know, they had an idea and didn't move for four minutes because their brain was just (laughs) sort of processing the thing or whatever it may be. Once you start sort of opening people's eyes to it, they see how it is that those things show up for them. I love that um, explanation of it. Because yeah, and I and I really like what you're saying around creating space because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and we almost just kind of well, we we really do block out a lot of the time what's meant for us by being so busy and trying to figure it out and take, especially with an online business, you can just take so much action for the sake of action. Like you could be constantly producing and constantly putting things out there and reworking your website. And it's not that those are bad things, but a lot of the time, like for me, my business has really moved forward quickly when I, when I give myself that space and I'm like, I'm just gonna like allow for flow for a little while and see what happens. I have a friend of mine who always, um, who always describes this as like, sort of being an open conduit for business, Mm. 
right? And so whenever you are being busy and you're filling your you're filling your mind with all the social media tactics and like yeah. you know that latest marketing thing and oh I should be doing this and like all the expectations, your conduit gets muddy, right? Like there's too much stuff running through it. But whenever you can clear it out and keep it as clear as you can. And granted, you still have things to do, right? Like I'm not saying don't do the work that you need to do. What I'm saying is like, is to keep the path as clear as you can so that you are prepared and ready. And it is, it's not something you do one day, right? It's something that you're doing every day. I, um, I even a couple months or a couple years ago, I went through Kathleen and I both, my my podcast, my previous podcast co-host, um, and I were going through a pretty intense bout of like shared burnout. Like we were both going through it at the same time because we've been hustling being boss at the same time and doing all the things. And I knew that what I needed was my big magic moment. I needed the solution to my problem. And I wasn't even really sure what my problem was. I just knew that I needed the solution to it. And I knew that like it wasn't going to be me like reading more books or listening to more podcasts or talking to more people or whatever it may be. It was something that I had to like give space for so that it could just come to me. And I waited months, Mm -hmm. literally months. And my burnout was it was pretty intense. And so I did a lot of like scraping of my calendar and really minimizing my workload and, and, and doing a lot of things that were very difficult for me to do. I'm a very driven, like hardworking type A entrepreneur. I didn't want to do those things, but I had to prioritize one self-care, like taking care of myself in every way that I needed to, um, and healthcare. Right. Um, but I also knew that I needed to make that space for myself. Um, and I did, and I got the moment that I needed, but it took months. It is not always fast and easy. Which really like, because there's all, there's so much impatience, right? Maybe that's something that you could talk. There's a (laughs) lot of impatience and I've certainly been there and I have clients there and I still go back there. And I know it's like when I'm impatient, it's because I'm deciding that something should be different than it is right in this moment. And usually there's some ego attached to producing some result that I would like to happen sooner rather than later. For sure. But maybe you can speak to creating space and, you know, having that go hand in hand with cultivating patience, which is so much easier said than done a lot of the time. Right. It's but no one who knows me would call me a patient person. So I will precede <laughs> all of this by saying that. However, I think for me, like it was not easy for me to wait months by any means. But again, like I was not coming up with a solution on my own. And I knew that like I knew that I just had to get to the point where I was ready to receive, I guess, or like if you want to go non-woo, like for me just to put all the pieces of the puzzle together in my brain so that it made sense. And so I took months and I kept thinking like, you know, the muses hate me. <laughs> like, what have I done wrong? Like, it definitely got a little self-deprecating um, at a couple of points. But, um, but for me, it's just I've experienced it often enough that I understand its importance. And I've been an entrepreneur long enough that I know that time really is on my side. I think that, and like, I'm ready to show, or I'm willing to show up and be present and do the work and all the things whenever it is time for me to do so. And so maybe I have over the past, you know, 
12, 15 years of being a business owner and entrepreneur, maybe I have developed some deeper patience that I don't give myself credit for. Um, but I think it's just through experience of knowing that me cutting things short and doing things quote unquote my own way has never really proven to be the best way. Um, and right. I think through that proof, it's easier for me to hold on to whatever little granule of patience I have within me um, for those moments, uh, for those moments to arise. So maybe it's just experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, it's definitely gotten, it's gotten easier for me because I've seen how creating that space can propel things forward. And it's like, when it happens, you're like, I get why it couldn't have come any sooner. And yeah. that helps with patience where it's like, well, you've been here before and you were so grateful that it did unfold the way that it did. And you're going to be grateful this time too. Like, so maybe let's go to the park. <laughs> For like sure. For sure. I think it's that. I think it's also another big exercise that I had during burnout, which actually happened pre-pandemic. So uh, I think a lot of people were probably going through burnout mid-pandemic, but I was done. <laughs> I was done by that point. And so I think everyone was kind of learning this lesson there. I think it'll ring true on some level to everyone. But that is simply to release all expectations. Mm. Just to release every single – it's not going to happen on your timeline. It's not going to happen in the way that you want. And not only that – it probably shouldn't because if you would just let go of the expectation, it'll probably end up better than you yes. could even imagine. And so that was really, that was really the lesson, a lesson that I have learned around those sort of creative moments is if I pick a time and date, like if, I, if I'm like, I'm going to have a creative moment when I, because I'm going to book this log cabin in the woods and go, go have it. <laughs> <I'm gonna> go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go have that moment there. I'm going to set up the perfect little stage for this. It's not going to happen. I'm going to leave annoyed. So instead, I ha literally have to shape my entire life to, to allow those moments to happen. And I do that by releasing expectations and not being precious about them, right? So it's not like I can only have great creative moments in the woods, you know, in a log cabin. I can also have it when I'm just like chopping some asparagus for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually when you're not actually expecting it or it's like, in my experience, it, yeah, it's either been like in a really random moment um, or like through something somebody says, yep. like a little clue that's like, oh, or like I've had an idea come through that then someone mirrors back to me almost immediately in a completely random way. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's man, I, those moments are so good. And I, the impatience is both like, well, I want this to happen now, but it's also like, it's so good when it does happen. Like, couldn't, mm -hmm. couldn't I just will it in? But you're right. It really, it really, um, it, it can't happen anyway than it's meant other than how it's meant to. And if you try and force it, it's not going to be what you were actually asking for. Right. That is the lesson of the type A creative entrepreneur right there. <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, what that's all about is like sort of this guidance and whether or not, you know, everybody prescribes to different things. You could talk about sort of spiritual guidance. You could talk about inner guidance or intuition. What is it for you, if you feel comfortable sharing, like that that is all about? Is it woo or is it more like just allowing for your brain to, you know, make the connections in its own time? 
Both, but definitely more yeah. woo. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. definitely prescribed to um, to all the woo. And my particular brand of magic is synchronicity. Oh, I, I have the... I don't know, I even want to call it an ability, but I have an eye for for seeing things and for drawing synchronicity into my life in really magical, insane ways. Like I, I have a magic number that just follows me literally everywhere I go. I have um, I have sort of signs that pop up for me consistently. We even mentioned a moment ago, even like a little hint of this, like someone will say something and then someone mm-hmm. else will say the exact same thing like two days later or like, you know, a word that you've never heard before, you'll hear it four times in a week or like those little things, or I'll be talking about someone and they'll email me or I will email someone and they'll be like, I was just thinking about you or whatever it may be. For me, it's synchronicity. That is, that is my brand of magic. It's, it's one that I've also had people say, like, I bring it into other people's lives as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty strong, (laughs) but, um, but I've learned I don't want to say I've learned to listen to it because I haven't. Um, I've learned to recognize it. I am learning to listen to it. And what role does it play for you within your life and business? Oh, it just winks at me all the time. (laughs) Getting constant winks um, or even sometimes sending me in the right direction. Like I've literally been known to, you know, be driving around and, oh, okay, there's a crow again. I guess I'm going to turn down this road and see what happens. <laughs> like I, I'll literally do things like that as well. And not, I don't do it in business. I'm not making, you know, decisions about, uh, you know, around my audience or my employees or anything based on, yeah. you know, which way the crow flies literally <laughs> um, or anything like that. But I do allow it to sort of sway some moments in my life or to offer like that little pat on the back whenever I am making a decision or, or whatever it may be. So synchronicity is a is a big one for me. But I also have some tools that I use. I have a couple tarot decks on my on my mm-hmm. desk. I literally own a business that sells crystals. So right. you can imagine, like I have probably 15 crystals on my desk right now as I'm looking around. Um, so crystals are are very, are very much a part of my process. Um, lots of meditating and those sorts of things. But but really it shows up for me in synchronicity. I love that. And I, um, I mean, on this podcast, I have had people on and I've talked about everything from like quantum physics and manifestation to, you know, like tarot and just following your intuition. And I think what's important for people is just that they find what resonates with them. You know, like for a long time, I had this idea of what the woo was and I almost resisted it because I was like, oh, no, I'm more of like a, a realist. But the reality is, is that I actually am very spiritual. But it's for me, it's like intuition and it is asking for signs and it's asking for clarity and it's asking for those like divine downloads and that intuitive guidance. And that's what it is for me. But other I have friends who like have every tarot deck that was ever made and they really rely on it and that's what works for them. So I don't know if there – like, is that a part of what you talk to people about or more just something you practice within, within your own business? No, I mean, I think every everyone has their process, and it definitely is figuring it out for yourself. I think yeah. – I think that you start down any path. I remember whenever I sort of was introduced to to all of the woo, I, I had no block. I was like, finally, like this is me. <laughs> I find like these are my people. I love this. Like there was no resistance. It was a it was a sense of immediate connection for me, and it all made sense. I mean, it didn't all make sense. I haven't like solved the you know question of 
questions of the universe or anything like that. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely, it definitely resonated with me in a way that I felt immediately attracted to it. And you know, began uh, began a journey like using tarot. I now use it a ton in my business and just personally too. Um, and then I remember I sold rocks when I was a kid. Like I've always been very attracted to to stones right. um, and things. So I think whenever I'm whenever I'm in, um, assisting guiding someone, we'll say I did a. We do a woo gathering at Being Boss in the fall. We did the first one last year. We're going to do another one this year for the Being Boss community or for the Being Boss Clubhouse, which is a, a tier of the community. Last year when we did it, I I show up to, you know, a hundred plus of my closest boss friends. Most of them know me because I talk a lot about email marketing, right? <laughs> and sometimes I'll talk about tarot cards. And I told them all, I was like, you know, I am not here to be your guru. I am here to be your doorman. I'm here to open a door for you to find the intuitive tools or path that's going to resonate most for you. So I always like, I, I always want to say that because my everyone's path is very different. I think, especially in the business world, with you know, all the blueprints and here's how you do like it sets up especially you know easily <laughs> easily maneuvered creatives or newbie entrepreneurs into thinking that there's a certain way of doing things mm-hmm. um and the way we present business at being boss is obviously the complete opposite there's is yeah. no right or wrong way you just you do you boo um <laughs> but when it comes to woo it's the same thing i feel like organized religion for centuries has told you exactly what you have to do in order to be a spiritual person. But the exact opposite of it is actually true. So what, what I always encourage people to do when they start, you know, questioning, like, what should, should I get a tarot deck? Should I get crystals? What do I need to do? Just like, you do you. Like get on Amazon, look at the tarot cards and you just order the one that looks exciting to you or walk into a crystal store and just buy the rock that you get most excited by. Um, Pick up the tools, pick up the books, pick up the whatever that you are attracted to. It literally is nothing more than that. And then your journey has started. It will have a million different wines and bins along the way, but the point is to start the journey and figure out what's going to work right for you. Ugh, I, yeah, completely wholeheartedly agree. And it really can just be that simple of like this book cover is speaking to me. Great. Buy it. Read it. Yep. Done. <laughs> and if you hate yeah. it, you know what you don't yeah. want to read more of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a lesson either way. <laughs> so you were talking about how like there really isn't like a right or wrong way to do business. And I completely agree. And it's funny because a lot of my clients sometimes are like, okay, well, you know, these are my two options. What should I do? And they, I, I joke, I'm like, I know you guys are sick of hearing this from me, but the answer is like, I mean, I can tell you what I like the idea of, but that's not going to be necessarily what's right for you. So what, between those two options, which one's really, which one really feels exciting to you? Which one has more of your energy behind it? Which one do you believe in? Like, that's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Simple as Um, that. And what a different way of pursuing your professional career, (laughs) right? And like we're talking, you know, tarot cards and crystals at the moment, but that's also what it is that we're taking into business where, you know, we are not taught to feel, (laughs) right? We're taught to like 
look at profit, like what's going to make you the most money, not what feels good or doesn't feel good. And so it is weird. It is different, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. I think the more that we can not even lean into that, but like dive face first into that, the sooner we can change up a lot of things in the world. So in your business then, what does it look like? Do you have specific goals and visions? And I know you've got two different businesses, so maybe it's different, but you have specific goals that you've set intentions for? Is there a process of, you know, having that vision become manifested for you? Or or are you really more just allowing for things to go where they want to go? Oh, good question. And especially with that follow-up, because I allow. I realized a couple of years ago thankfully, because I was beating myself up about it, that I am not like a specific manifester. You're familiar with um, human design or anyone here. And it's funny because Kathleen, my my previous co-host, is totally a specific manifester. Like she got us our book deal because she said she wanted a book deal. Like right. simple, like she just, and it's amazing. I love watching her work. It's it's my favorite. Um, but like I couldn't do it. So I thought something was wrong. I was like, well, I suck. I can like, I can bring in some synchronicity, but I can't like make my goals or what I can make my goals. But when it comes to like manifesting my goals, that's not how I work. And so I realized, and this is even before I was introduced to human design, I realized that my manifestation works considerably differently where I just need to sort of hold a feeling. I need to hold a feeling and then let everything sort of happen and unfold. And I need to like consistently check in with that feeling, um, which I do often. I'm doing it with myself. I, my life partner is my business partner at Almanac. We check in often as well, just to sort of make sure things are sort of going in the right direction. But otherwise, I can't be specific. If I'm going to be specific, I'm going to be upset <laughs> because right. I'm not going to get it. But for me, it is a feeling. And I find that to be much more productive for me. And it really allows me to be in a place or in the place that I couldn't have even imagined, but it feels exactly the way I want it to. Mm, I totally hear that. Like, this is the emotion I was tuning into and I had no idea what the reality of it was going to look like, but it's better than I could have imagined. That, yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and and so. I really love this, like what you're saying about allowing, because I think that it's coming back to what you said about releasing expectation. That's where our attachment comes in. That's where we try to ego our way and think our way into things that we're not meant to figure out. We are really meant to allow when you're choosing that emotion that you're checking in with. And that's kind of like the intention that you're setting. What is that? Is it like, okay, how does it feel at a certain income level, or is it more general where you're like, I'm ready for more freedom in my life, or I'm ready for more passion, creativity? It really just is a feeling. <laughs> it's like the most broad, basic yeah. thing. But it really one of the ways that one of the ways that I do this is um is we practice, and I say we because I do this with with my community as well. Um, we practice intention setting. It's one of the things that sort of had Kathleen and I having those initial conversations. We were doing new moon intention setting, you know. 10 years ago plus together, just the two of us. We've brought it into the podcast and talked about it. It was a part of our book. It's something I do now with the Being Boss community. Um, And it really just is learning how to hold a feeling, like how to have an intention and to like 
both be aware and watchful of how those things already exist or come into your life. And then also how your actions can bring more of it in. And I, I absolutely credit that practice with my ability to like really hone in on that now where, and granted, like, you know, I didn't, my intention was not locked down. Think like, yeah, like totally. it's yeah. not down to a science, guys. Um, but <laughs> but there is this uh, there is this this uh, direct correlation that I have in my life between the intentions that I set and the yeah. feelings that I feel. Um, and it really helps me tap into them better too. Whenever I'm intentionally setting those intentions, so um, so it really is broad. I obviously also set goals. I have you know revenue goals in my business and all those things. Like I'm doing those things too. And I'm taking that very sort of mundane action, right? To meet those mundane goals. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also don't connect those mundane goals. I try not to. Again, I am no saint here. I try to not connect those mundane goals to how it is that I feel. Right. Like I'll feel this way once I hit that goal. Correct. Right. I love what you said about lockdown because I was totally like, I, I mean, I think throughout the year I've still been like, I just don't know how I possibly created any of this. <laughs> how any of you this didn't, I, this, the number of people I've heard, well, several oh, of them were like, I it's think silly. I did this. <laughs> I think, and I'm like, no, you didn't No, you like, we all did together in yeah. some way, shape or form for sure. Um, but agree. you did not do this, <laughs> nor like. <laughs> Nor are you, I don't know, I guess a complete victim of it or either. It's just, it's funny. That's, that's an anomaly that doesn't fall into this at all. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And, and I, it gives me comfort to think like, well, what are the really amazing life-changing things that have come out of this time? Because those were things that I was setting intentions for in terms of my Absolutely. own growth and self-awareness. And I think just like the awakening of the earth's population in general, like a lot has happened and come to light for people and uh, just this time of stillness that we never in a million years would have had otherwise, you know, has for sure served a purpose for sure. So um, now I want to just touch briefly, I'm like so into what you're saying and like the depth <laughs> of it, but I want to go a little more surface level actually and just ask, how do you navigate running two separate businesses like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop, we're done. Thanks so much. Right? <laughs> the end. Good to chat. No, um, so I mean, legit, this is not my first rodeo. Um, and I've just put into play everything that I've learned along the way. I run two businesses and I don't work more than 30 hours a week. So let's throw that in there as well. Um, at, at being boss, I, I am here in the weeds. I'm probably... 20 to 25 of my 30 hours a week are doing the things that I do here. I also have a team of people who are doing a lot of the work as well, doing most of the work, if I'm being very clear. Um, And then at Almanac, I really have positioned myself as the CEO. Um, At Being Boss, I am now the sole owner. So I actually bought Kathleen out about a year ago. Mm -hmm. We are still business besties. We have maintained a marvelous relationship that may even be better now that we are not business partners, though it was really great when we were as well. Um, And then at Almanac, my life partner is my business partner, and he runs the daily, um, the daily operations. And we also have 
a small team there as well. So at Almanac, I literally just show up and do the pieces that either only I can do or that I want to do. I show up for our weekly meeting and sort of am the CEO and facilitator and checking in on all the projects that we have going. Um, I do I do the email marketing because that kind of is my baby and I see mm. as being the most important um, marketing avenue. And so I'm totally being type A and not letting anyone have that yet. <laughs> and then um, and then I also do like the creative direction and curation, which is the part that I really want to do. So I'm able to really just do the pieces in that business that I want to do. And it really is that that allows me to run both businesses. At Almanac, I really just am running that business. And if you position yourself as the CEO of your business, you can do that in just a couple of hours a week. Right. And then the entire process runs itself with the help, obviously, of the team that you put in place. And then being boss, really sort of being my baby, um, is the one that I get to give as much energy as I want to, to. And it's through that dynamic that I'm able to do both of them in less than 30 hours a week. And it sounds like you've really mastered you know, more or less handing things off to people, which I know like more is or a less. Learning curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. I, I totally get like I have people that wonderful, wonderful people that do things for me in my business. And there's certain things where I'm like, but I just I have to do the sales page. Like I have to yeah. do it. Nobody will ever do the sales page. It has to be me. Like I just anyways, so <laughs> um so <laughs> what was that process like or how how have you cultivated that trust that has allowed you to say, okay, I don't want to work more than 20 to 30 hours a week and I'm going to run two businesses doing it, being a total boss in the meantime, like all at the same time. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to trust people yeah. with everything, but it also is like for every bit that it isn't easy, you can also just get out of your way and do it. Yeah, and it's fine. <laughs> right? right. Um, and it's definitely been a journey. There have been things that I've really held on far too long, maybe email marketing at Almanac at the moment, though I don't think too long at the moment. I think it could be about time for me to start thinking about handing that off. Um, right. mostly like when I'm hiring, I hire people that I like. I don't necessarily yeah. hire for skills. I mean, I want you to have at least some basic skills, but I can also, I can teach skills. I can teach skills all day long. Um, I want to be able to trust you because yes. I like you and I think you're a cool person. Um, so I have built a team and again, team comes and goes. Like that is also a part of building a team is you have to be consistently building a team, right? Um, but I also have employees that have worked for with me for years. Um, my podcast editor and website developer started working me, with me whenever I was, had my web design agency. I think I saw something the other day. This may be like his ninth year, our ninth year together or something, if I'm not mistaken. So you, when you hire good people, it's easy. And you hire good good people because you spend some time with them. Um, I also have like a pretty good bullshit meter, though it's not perfect, I will say. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty easy for me to weave through people. Right. And um, and I also just like, again, this no expectations. I kind of have that with my employees. Don't tell them that. Um, <laughs> but there is this level of like, you're going to mess it up. Right. Yes. And when you go into it yeah. knowing they're going to mess it up, or at least not having an expectation that they're not going to mess up, um, it's a lot easier to sort of bend with the wind and fix things and figure things out and make it work for everyone. Um, I also try to make getting to know my team a priority. I 
I personally don't love remote workspaces. I will say that. And that, which is funny because I want to work alone, (laughs) but I want to be able to go to my office whenever I want to and see my team. Um, So doing that remote is, is difficult for me, but we prioritize it. And again, I have like, long-term relationships um, with people on my team. And that makes it really easy for me to trust them. And to it also gives me the freedom and the availability to try new things in my business, to get them to do weird stuff just to see if it works. Like there is this rapport and this, um, this dynamic that is created whenever you like who you work with and you can cultivate a long-term relationship um, that makes all the other parts of having a team, like the delegating and the trying to talk them into new initiatives and all of those things significantly more easy. Yeah. And what I love that you've touched on there a few times is this like, not just trust, but also like a respect. Like you're not hovering over anybody. Like it really, I just see it all as being a reflection of ourselves. So if I want a team and I I do have people who are helping me with my business that is, you know, going to show up and really do a good job and be in integrity about it and contribute things and believe in the vision. I have to expect that those are the kinds of people I'm going to have in my business or I have to maybe expect isn't the right kind of word. Um, I have to allow for that. Like I have to trust that that's who they're going to be. And if they're not here and there, they're human beings as am I, and that's okay. And it's like, I'm not going to micromanage anyone because all that does is communicate to someone that I don't trust them. I'm expecting them to screw it up, you know? Um, and I think that's when you create these dynamics that just don't really work. (laughs) Right. And that's also when you're creating a role for yourself that you're going to (laughs) hate. Right. You know what? I hate reviewing everything. I hate checking in on your to-do list. I hate like making sure you're working your hours or whatever it may be. Like I don't, I'm not that person. I'm never going to be that person. And it's through intention setting and knowing what I want to feel that it makes it easier for me not to show up and do those things because reviewing work makes me feel angry and I don't want to feel angry. (laughs) I want to feel like (laughs) free to do my creative work, right? And and checking in on someone's to-do list every day makes me feel, I don't know, snarky. And I don't want to be snarky. I mean, I, I am a snarky person, but not that kind of snarky. <laughs> <laughs> so just sort of a couple last questions here. I've loved this conversation and I just appreciate your time so, so much. Um, maybe you could tell us like, if you could think of one big business win and one big business like I don't want to say there's no such thing as failure, but perhaps like something that you struggled through because I I like to share that side of the business too. I don't, I'm not here ever to paint this like, oh, you know, we just manifested, you know, all this. It was just great. No problem. And if you have human emotions, then you're doing it wrong. Like, (laughs) yeah. Right. No. Okay. So business win and business fail. I think my win is I recently got approached by HubSpot to join the HubSpot podcast network, newly minted as one of their as one of their um, inaugural podcasts, apparently I was on a short list of only about 10 podcasts and all of Apple business podcasts um, to be invited to this, which felt so legit. That's amazing. <laughs> so legit. Especially after buying out my partner, I, you know, plenty of fraudy things came up along the way as to if I was making the right move and, you know, would it really matter? And am I making a mistake and all of these things, but to have HubSpot reach out and then for that sort of negotiation and that like the pitch and negotiation and all those things go so well and for it to feel like such a great fit. And like even Kathleen, whenever I was telling her about it, she was like, Emily, you manifested this. Yeah. 
Like this was the, you know, brand relationship that I've always wanted um, and had never quite had access to. Again, if I had to release expectations a long time ago and it came to me way better than I ever could have imagined. And it was based on things that I had been doing for years. And that for me was probably, probably felt like the biggest win was it wasn't because I was podcasting well now, although that's obviously part of it, but it was that I committed to doing it six years ago. Yeah. I showed up consistently ever since. I've created great content. I, you know, weathered the storm of an intense burnout that I thought was at one point was going to end being boss. It did end up ending a business partnership. Like it was just very tumultuous to get to this point. And I, I told a friend of mine at one point, I was like, even if this doesn't go through, even if it ends up being the worst idea ever, like if the terms suck or <laughs> whatever it may be, it feels like a pat on the back from the universe that like totally. I made the right move. And then it didn't suck. (laughs) It has been really great. And so that for me, at least, I think that might even be one of my biggest business wins ever Uh, for like for many different reasons around it, um, which makes me very excited. Well, congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Um, Very, very excited about it and and what we'll be able to do over the next um, couple of years. And then business failure... Man, I can think of so many. Which one do I want to give you? Um, if I'm thinking like monetarily, Facebook ads, man. <laughs> we, did, we did a Facebook ad campaign a couple of years ago. On it, it was probably three years ago now. So like, you know, things are different and whatever. Um, we hired someone who came who was highly recommended by a friend of ours. Um, put in you know, I think multiple five figures into mm-hmm. both hiring her and then running ads and nothing happened. It was a complete waste. And like, and not even like, oh, but you got some brand awareness. Like, I don't even know if that worked. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was a waste of money and a waste of energy. And I totally wish I hadn't done it. Um, but I learned the lesson and it's fine. Yeah. But I think that was probably one of my biggest fells was a Facebook ad campaign that cost me a lot of money. <laughs> and I think it's like comforting for people to hear, like, even now, you know, with everything that you've created and all the success, it's like, there's still things that just totally flop. Yeah. And that's fine. For sure. Right. And that's like, that's, if you sign up to be an entrepreneur, you are signing up for failures, more failures (laughs) than successes, period. Yes. Oh my God. That's such a good quote. Right. So you you have to learn to like, you have to learn to take them, laugh them off and keep going. And if, if they bother you, you've chosen the wrong path. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really been like prominent for me and a lot of my coaching and just like my own learning this year is like, where are you making that failure? And even the successes mean things about you personally. Yeah. Because that's where that like real sinking feeling is, right? That's when you start messing yourself up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's like, oh my God, this failed and I don't know what I'm doing. And people weren't interested and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what makes it really heavy. Whereas it it could be like, well, we learned (laughs) it didn't work. Something else will. Let's move on. Right. No, that's also where my no expectations come in. Right. Right. Like if you go into things expecting success, failure is going to hurt. But if you go into it with no expectations or maybe the expectation is simply, I'm going to learn a lesson along the way, then like you get the lesson and you don't see it as a success or failure. You just see it for 
the next thing. Yeah, totally. And seeing it as all adding up to where you're going rather than like, this is the thing that has to work. And if it doesn't, then I'm out. It's like, well, quit now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, um, where I've got one more question for you, but I first want to ask where can people connect with you online and we'll put all the links below, but I'd love to hear from you. Perfect. So you can find Being Boss at beingboss.club. That is the website, www.beingboss.club. Um, we're also on Instagram at beingbossclub. You can find the podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts, Being Boss. And then Almanac is at almanacsupplyco.com. You can come shop candles. We make them in-house. You can shop crystals. We source them from around the world and some other goodies as well. Or find us on Instagram at almanacsupplyco. Amazing. So, um, yeah, like I said, we'll link all of that stuff below. I loved looking at your shop earlier and I'm going to definitely be tuning into the podcast. And, um, I like to put people on the spot and just ask if you could leave our audience with one thing today, what would it be? Man, (laughs) (laughs) that's part of the fun in that question. Right. One thing today, actually, you know what? I'm going to shuffle my deck really quick. Okay. I love it. Yes. How about this? this? So we'll, we'll bring some real good stuff in it. So Perfect. let me give it a little I've shuffle. I've never had someone pull a tarot card. Oh, I oh, love it. <laughs> Full disclosure, it's an Oracle deck. It's actually an Oracle deck. So you were asking how it is that we pull these things into business. Um, I use my Oracle deck to write a lot with Ooh. like my newsletters or Instagram posts or whatever. If I don't have something to sort of top of mind, I will take out a deck give it a pull and see what comes up. I love that. Oh, I love this one. Um, Okay. I think the thing I will leave anyone with, everyone with, is that you are absolutely capable of your own big magic moments. Mm. Plain and simple. You have to figure out your process and that requires you to know yourself. And sometimes that is the hardest part to give yourself space, to give yourself attention, to know that you were worthy of that attention, to know that you are more worthy of that attention than your business is. perhaps, right? Like you need to give yourself that space so that you are prepared for the capacity that you are destined to hold and fill with whatever magic moments are coming for you. I'm just going to leave it right there because that was so beautiful. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much, Emily. I've absolutely loved this chat with you. I just every day, you know, especially, you know, podcast episodes like this one, I'm like, I can't believe this is my job. Yeah. So thank you for co creating (laughs) with me in that and having, giving me the honor and contributing so graciously to my audience as well. Of course, it's my pleasure. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.